Ready, ready to start? Sure. Before starting, I'll just introduce myself. I'm Andrew Davidson. I'm an engineer in the City of Sausalito Department of Public Works. Kevin McGowan's my boss. He can't make it this evening, though he may call in later if he if he gets home or, or is available at a phone. Um, and I just want to say that if this meeting does not run smoothly, that's my fault. I've got a lot of good help here. So if things get herky-jerky, they will smooth it out, and I will just make speed bumps wherever I go. So if it's okay, Chair Roller, we'll call the meeting to order. Yes, please. Certainly. Good evening, members of the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee. This meeting of April 19th, 2021 is being held pursuant to Section 3 of Executive Order N-2920, issued by Governor Newsom on March 17, 2020. And all members are joining this meeting telephonically through Zoom. And we'll just go ahead and uh, make a roll call here then. Chair Roller? Here. Commissioner Tuto? Here. Commissioner Fulton? Here. Commissioner Culligan? Here. Commissioner Thomas? Yeah. And alternate Penrod? I think so. And, and we have a couple of non voting members. Uh, Mr. Wells? Here. And perhaps a new person, um, Ms. Caballero, who's your 95965 liaison? Here. Excellent. So all of the members are here and you do have a quorum. Very cool. Thank you. And we'll go on to your second item, which is public comment on items not on the agenda. And I have a statement I'm supposed to read, so I'll go ahead and do that. Members of the public may comment on items not on the agenda during the public comment period. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when they have approximately one minute left to speak. All calls will be muted after the time has expired. Please state your name for the record or beginning your comments. Are there any members of the public who would like to comment? Kevin Carroll raised his hand. And let's see here, how do we, uh, where's Kevin? Okay, Kevin. Good evening. And um, I already submitted my written comment, which I did that last week. When I saw the article, I thought it was something that maybe you guys would want to consider. Um, and then ironically, su Sunday, I had an instance where three bicyclists on Lyft bikes wanted to ride back to San Francisco. For those of you who don't know, I'm Sausalito Taxi. Um, and I had to tell them no. 
Um, their bikes weigh about 70 pounds a piece, and my bike rack's only rated for 150 pounds. Um, and I'm a pretty cautious person, so I wasn't about to risk it. Um, it got me thinking, though, because I thought lifts were geofenced out of Sausalito. Um, and I've since learned there they might have some interest in coming into Sausalito. And I looked at the prices. I just did a quick search. And currently, uh, Google Maps estimates it's a 47-minute bike ride from Pier 39 to Sausalito Ferry. So allow for an hour, hour and a half on a heavy weekend. That means Blazing Saddles uh, would be 48 to $58 per bike to go from there over to here. Lift, regular lift, would be 12 to $15. And if you're a Lift member, it would be three to six dollars to come over. So, as you can imagine, I mean, any of you familiar with downtown, if a bunch of those kind of prices, it'll be a zoo around the ferry landing if Lyft is allowed to come in. And even if they're not, I think we're going to see more instances like I did this weekend of people taking advantage of that money. Um, so just another incentive that maybe this is something you guys should look at. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kevin. Are there any other public comments? Okay, I see no hands. So um, I think we can move to uh, the approval of minutes. Um, do we have a, someone wanna approve Make a motion to approve the minutes. Move to approve. Second. Okay, it's roll call vote. Commissioner Thomas. In favor, yes. Commissioner Culligan. Yes. Commissioner Fulton. Yes. Commissioner Suto. Yes. And Chair Roller. Yes. Passes five zero. Very good. Okay, item. Uh, we we don't have to do public comment on uh, approval of minutes, right? Um, let's do item number four, uh, and uh, let's start with uh, the introduction of Vice Mayor Janelle Kellum. Kelman. Hey, Janelle. Can you unmute? Hey, Eric. Hey, welcome. Sure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I asked Janelle uh, to join us, uh, obviously because she's. An important part of our community and and uh, and as an awesome uh, bike advocate as well. So, Janelle, I'd really just like to just uh, leave it to you to introduce yourself and and obviously uh, you know catering it to the to the spirit of the pedestrian bicycle committee of what we do. Great. Well, thank you, Chair Roller. Um, I can proudly say that uh, I know uh, four out of your five uh, members, so I'm very excited and to know this group. And Sandra, it's great to meet you as well. Um, and I just am you know, super excited to, to be here tonight with you guys. Uh, so as uh, Aaron mentioned, um, he and I actually met a long time ago. I've been in Sausalito since 2001. Uh, and we met because, as you know, he is an avid uh, mountain biker and cyclist. And uh, I used to race uh, road bikes. Um, when I graduated from college, I rode my bike from D.C. to San Francisco to raise money for Habitat for Humanity. It took us uh, two months. I had never ridden more than eight miles. I could not walk uh, for most of the time. 
because I did not realize what it would take to ride my bike across the country. I do still have the bike as a very old Cannondale aluminum frame with the down tube shifters. Uh, it's in my storage area. I don't think anyone's stolen it yet. It wouldn't really be worth anything. Um, so I, I got back from that and I thought, God, I'm never riding that again. That was very painful. Uh, and then lo and behold, got into the whole age ride um, cycle and did one from uh, DC down to uh, Raleigh, which I think was one of the first age rides. Did uh, the one from San Francisco to LA a couple of times. And then I just decided it would be a great idea to race uh, road bikes. So I actually raced for 10 years. I was more of a criterium racer, um, which is that short course with like 70 women at one time racing at very high speeds. Uh, and so after 10 glorious years, I broke my pelvis and thought, I think I might be too old for this. <laughs> but that didn't stop me. I decided I would try one more year and went back and then had another crash. Um, and I uh, thought, okay, no, I'm really probably too old for this. So I uh, got into running and now most of you know I'm an ultra runner. Um, in fact, a highlight of my week a couple weeks ago, I was running uh, in the headlands and I heard someone go, hey, hey, what's up? And I turned and there's Kieran uh, riding his mountain bike uh, right on past me. So that was a great <laughs> rendezvous. So uh, I just share that because, you know, bikes are something that have been a huge part of my life, my adult life, and my, my childhood too, but really my adult life and the the, the freedom you get from riding a bike. Um, I would never advocate for not riding uh, with a helmet, but we all know what it feels like when you just have the wind in your hair and you're, you have that uh, ability. So um, I am just so impressed that we have an organization like this in Sausalito. Um, I know it came to fruition during my, my time here. And I think you guys are doing some incredible work. Um, I, I really appreciate how you are taking on uh, some more holistic uh, sort of viewpoints around circulation and parking and congestion and bike and pedestrian access. Um, I think that's really important. And I think you uh, have a really important voice to share for us, particularly at this time in our in our planning. So I just want to thank all of you. And I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come and say hi. Yeah, well, thank you. And and uh, I, uh, I'd love to just leave a, a little, little bit of time for everyone to ask some questions if you do. Uh, I, I, first of all, want to just lead with something that, that Janelle um, shared during her campaign with the MCBC um, in the questionnaire in there she had said Sausalito should be known as a bike friendly community <laughs> I loved that that moment and, and it's obviously something that is in such agreement question for you is you know do you think Sausalito is a bike friendly community and and what do you think we should be doing to to achieve becoming a, a bike friendly community that that you know we dream of yeah, I think um, I'll, I'll answer the second part first, which is I think safety is really what comes to mind for me when I think about bike friendly. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've descended from Pantol down, you know, Highway 1 uh, on my bike, and then how many times I've driven it behind a cyclist and thought, oh, my God, what are they doing? Um, you know, it's very different when you're in a car versus when you're on the bike. And this idea of giving an, an appropriate amount of distance between the bike and the, and the vehicle um, it's really, when you're on both sides of it, it's really quite scary. So safety, I think, is probably my number one priority. Um, I think we have a, we have a struggle because we have um, multiple types of cyclists or bike riders that come through town, right? You, you have um, the weekend warriors, you have the skilled racers, you have um, uh, uh, tourists, um, and everybody has different capacities and capabilities and familiarity with their bike. 
and then everybody gets lumped into one big uh, congestion pattern and seen as the bikers, right? And I don't, I don't know that everybody um, receives information in the same way, even though they get put into one category. So I don't know how to address the different components of each, but I do, for me, it's important to remind myself that there are different groups that come through. Mm -hmm. um, and some people are members of the San Francisco Bike Coalition or Marin County's Bike Coalition and some aren't. Um, you know, so they, some have more awareness and advocacy and some don't. So I think there's different avenues probably to talk to those different segments within the biking population. Yeah, and I think you really highlight the importance of of identifying we're all drivers and cyclists and walkers and and you know all all of um, all of that and and that we as uh, we focus on circulation, we want to improve it not just for cycling but also for our driving and and getting through and by separating separating the uh, the traffic into the appropriate speeds would be the ideal. It provides the safety and the uh, and the flow increases the flow. And I think a lot of people, uh, it's not clear to them right now because we are so mingled in our downtown and a lot of our lanes. And it, I think that's kind of some of the, the biggest benefits we can do. Um, anybody else have uh, some questions that you'd like to ask? Um, I have a question if I can ask, I don't know what the rules are here. Please, go for it. Non-voting. Um, <laughs> Uh, lovely to hear your story, Janelle. Um, just a quick question on what you think are, just in your personal experience as a cyclist, what have been the three most dangerous areas of South Salito? You already mentioned one, um, but maybe repeat and why, why for you it was dangerous. Um, I think certainly coming down to Alexander is dangerous. Um, somehow that turn from like second to Alexander is so perfect on the camber that uh, it's one of the places you actually don't have to break. And so a lot of cyclists don't break um, and it's very fast and you're coming into some traffic and it can be very crowded. So I think that's very dangerous. I think the top part of Alexander coming off the, the bridge, um, it could get quite fast. Uh, and if you're not really in control of your, of your vehicle or your bike, right? Um, I think it's very dangerous. Um, and then I, I think, uh, Try to think exactly where it is, but I'm looking down on Bridgeway. And there's always this section. Um, I think it's kind of almost from Molly Stones over to um, to Mike Spikes, where I don't know if cyclists are getting antsy or they've waited at a lot of stop signs and they start to go from single file to two abreast or sometimes three abreast. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we're so close to the bike path. Just wait, like you'll be there in a second, like you know. And um, so I think. Again, it's probably that perception when you drive it, you recognize how close you are to the bike, but when you're the cyclist, you feel like you're you know, fully in control and fully in the lane. So those would be my three areas. And uh, just to identify the Alexander is not part of the Sausalito and, you know, yeah. realm. You know, we obviously feel, feel the same way, but we actually um, have to ask our, our neighbors, uh, I believe it's the Golden Gate uh, Bridge District that is in charge of Alexander. So, and, uh, and, and MCBC has been a, a great connection to all that. Uh, anyone else? Do you have Can a I... favorite set of steps in Sausalito? What's that, Karen? Favorite set of like steps somewhere through town? The stairs, yeah. Are you, is this a trick question? Because I, I'm obsessed with the secret staircases. Um, I have a map. Um, and so this, I have this three mile loop that I do. You should come, right? He lives around the corner from me. Um, all right, so I really love the ones that go from Santa Rosa to Spencer. Mm -hmm. Those are they're pretty steep. Um, 
Prospect Street are great, right? Because that's just like straight up. Cable car, right? Fantastic. Um, but like the variation on the rise and the run is like kind of harder, you know, trip on yourself. Um, and then I don't think a lot of people know the one over um, at top of Spring Street that goes up to Toyon. That is killer. And somebody put a bench at the top, which is like the nicest thing. Um, but I think I think these staircases are amazing. I, uh, I met with one of the council members over in Belvedere and she said, oh, I'm going to show you something special. I'm going to show you our, our staircases. And I said, well, these are very beautiful. Absolutely. I need you to come over here so I can show you our staircases, which are also very beautiful. Yeah, very cool. The good question, Kieran. That's one. Yeah, big fan. Now you have to go with me. My three mile loop. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some training. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's have it. Uh, Warren, I see your hand. Yeah, nice to meet you, um, Vice Mayor Kellman. Yeah, so I just, uh, you know, I'm so I come to MCBC from a background in in planning. So I'm kind of always like, and this is what we talked about in planning school. Always thinking about not just you know what's going on right now, but you know what you're looking at. Five, 10, five, 10, 20 years in the future. And so I'm, you know, I'm, when I'm kind of like asking, talking to public like elected officials in Marin, I'm thinking about like, what are we trying to plan for in 2030, 2040? And especially with the rise in e-bikes, you know, I think last year sales were up 130%. You know, that's really affecting our ability to, to get up the hills that, that previously were, you know, an impediment to a lot of people. And so I'm kind of wondering, like, what do you see, like, if you had to just throw out a number, what would you pick as your like ideal like bike mode share in 2040? Like what are you kind of aiming for? What, what course are we trying to set Sausalito on for the future as opposed to right now? So like if a percentage of population on bikes? Uh, sorry, and like a population of trips on bikes. I don't know what the number is right now. It's probably around five or something, I suspect, if you're not counting tourists, but. Yeah. Thank you, you gave, you gave me a segue of something I wanted to mention. So Councilmember Cleveland Knowles and I, um, when we were working on the general plan, I remember, I don't know if you remember, Susan, we had this great um, conversation around uh, bike parking on Caledonia. And really, it just it was like probably one of the highlights of the, of the general plan update you know, of our working group because we were all really aligned around facilitating um, residents to be able to get almost anywhere with bikes. And we all realized, wow, like if I took you know, five of my friends and we all met down at F3 or Sandrina's, we actually don't have any place to park our bikes. Um, and so that was something, I can't remember exactly uh, what we put in the general plan, but it was something that um, Councilmember Cleveland and I were really committed to. And I think we need to see more of that. Um, I find it's a little hard for me to answer your question in, in a number just because I don't know where we're starting. But I, I will say this, 42% um, uh, of our population is over 60. And I don't know what their comfort level is on an e-bike versus a regular bike. Um, and certainly with so many, with hills, right? Like. I see a lot of people going up old railroad grade uh, on their e-bike, um, not as comfortable going down as you, right, as you imagine. So I, I think I just overall would like people to feel more sense of safety um, around it. And I wanna make sure that we provide services to be able to actually park their bike when they come to visit our, our businesses. I think it was bikes and scooters is what we agreed on because Councilmember Cox at the time had a scooter. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I, uh, I have a question. The like, what can we do uh, to, I guess, help uh, get what uh, changes um, to to city council? How can we best prepare, uh, say, for an ordinance or something that that is an issue that we have to do? How can we best do that? And I realize you know you've just been in city council for a short period of time, 
but you know, just giving us any kind of guidance that we can do our jobs better to kind of make your job easier. You know. Um, thank you. I was going to defer to Councilmember Cleveland Knowles on that one, who has more experience on it. But um, I guess I would say from my time on the Planning Commission, um, I spent ten years on the Planning Commission. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that, um, and you're already some of you are already doing this. Uh, I really like to see holistic thinking. Right. So uh, rather than just this is how it impacts this one part of town or if we added, you know, parking, bike parking in this one place, I like to understand the whole circulation pattern, um, all of the places that it can get impacted. And what happens if you move a lever here and pull another one there? Um, and that leads to the second thing that I always really appreciate, which is a business case. Right. So if you want to add, remove, um, make something happen, how does it pencil out? Right, make it as easy as possible for us to understand uh, how we can make that happen and how potentially, as an example, it uh, dovetails with something in the capital improvement program, mm -hmm. um, maybe one of our other priorities. And sometimes we're talking about the same thing, but we're calling it something different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one person's infrastructure is another person's bike lane. So if we can just find the alignment around the council priorities and then we know your priorities in advance, then we can fold those in when we're looking at, at our opportunities. Yeah. And, and, and then getting the word out as well, I think, you know, something that you've, you've guided us on um, for Nevada Street and others as well, is just making sure that we get the word out. Yeah, I mean, I think about um, like the stairs, right? So now we're all aware of them as disaster preparedness tools. Um, but maybe, you know, three or four years ago, we talked about them with different language and maybe it's a pre-hazard mitigation, maybe it's circulation, maybe it's health and wellness. Like, However we are able to apply a lens, um, I think helps us communicate to different segments of the population and frankly, helps us look for funding in different areas from a grant perspective. Yeah. Um, so I, I genuinely believe our staircases are an important part of our evacuation route. And so they should be something that's coordinated with disaster preparedness and thought of, you know, what happens when you get down to Bridgeway? What's the circulation there? Uh, what happens if you have, you know, bumper to bumper traffic and you can't get out where are you going from there? Like that holistic viewpoint. Love it. Thank you. Well, if, it, if it's okay, we can end on that and keep uh, our schedule uh, on track. Um, really, thank you so much for joining us. It means a lot, because, uh, you know, to, to be able to, uh, to connect um, with the, the members of city council and, and then obviously somebody with such a, such a great spirit around uh, the, the similar things that drive us. So we really appreciate it. Love it if you uh, stick around, meet Sandra here, and and then uh, you know feel free to to, uh, to join in. We've got some interesting uh, talks about Nevada Street and uh, Caledonia as well, so we welcome your attendance as long as you can. We know you're busy. Thank you. Too, so. Well, you're in very good hands with uh, with Councilmember Cleveland Knowles, but I will I'll stick around for a little bit. <laughs> cool. All Thank right. Thanks, here. everybody. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess uh, we should open up if there's any public comments on uh, item number four. Okay, see nothing. So let's move on to item number five, committee member updates. And so I do believe that it brings in Sandra Caballero. Welcome, Sandra. Hi. All right. What do, hi. <laughs> Please just uh, uh, welcome uh, for, for, uh, for the public to, to know uh, there is, uh, there was added last year a 94965 a uh, non-voting member and what that means with non-voting is uh, when we find ourselves in a position to vote um, then there then you would not have a, a vote 
That said, we don't find ourselves in that position very often because we are an advisory committee. And so uh, we really welcome uh, your participation because of uh, the broader, uh, because of that holistic view, I think that Janelle was talking about. And uh, so with that, please um, introduce yourself and, 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 and let us uh, get to know you. All right. Um, thank you so much for giving me a little rundown. Sandra Caballero, I recently was interviewed um, and I guess was approved to join this committee. Uh, I, I moved to Sausalito a year ago and I previously lived in Oakland um, and I work in urban planning, a transportation policy for an international organization. I work on future transportation stuff. So not just PED and bicycle infrastructure, but also all the new modes of transportation that are coming out and then traditional stuff like automotive car related, related um, industries. Uh, I have a background in urban planning and I myself am a cyclist. Um, and I, the perspective I bring is, is just based on my lived experience, uh, having always essentially relied on public transportation and my bicycle. I don't own a vehicle. Um, now it's more out of choice. I think before it was more out of just necessity, <laughs> um, just to get around and to be able to move and function and get to work. At some point when I lived in Oakland and I worked in the Presidio, I farted and biked there every single day. Um, and that was a, it was a, turned out to be like a 45 to 50 minute BART and bike ride. And it was uh, the fastest option as opposed to having a vehicle and of course the cheapest option. Um, now I work from home. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the perspective I bring is not only as a person who really enjoys bicycling for fun and um, I love my weekend bike rides. I'm more of a pleasure rider. I'm not a speedster, but I like hills um, and I've roamed plenty around the Marine Headlands um, and just on roads around here in this area and around California. Um, but I also am just a daily cyclist. All my movements are fully depend on my bicycle, essentially. Um, so doing my laundry, um, going to downtown, going to eat, go up, picking up market, um, all of the basic necessities are done on my bicycle. Um, and so the experience I bring is also of, of living within that gray space always, commuting and moving around in that gray space and understanding how little space there is for me, even though um, as a cyclist, even though technically um, street is for the movement of people, it's not necessarily always allocated for, for cyclists or pedestrians even. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Well, yeah. Happy to be here. Sounds really great. If you, uh, if you could have one, uh, one thing on your wish list, you know, big or small in, in Sausalito, what would it be? Uh, to improve the, the, oh, the repair project. Well, this is where I am not fully updated on all the projects that are happening. Yeah, this but, is your wish list. This isn't ours. This is yours. But my wish <laughs> list, my wish yeah. list, um, I, it's, I think, in progress. Uh, repairing the intersection 
of Bridgeway heading onto the freeway. So there's so many like things happening there. You go into Marin mm -hmm. City, it's an ugly underpass and I go down there quite often because there's a target there and other basic necessities. Um, Bridgeway heading further into Sausalito. Um, it's very dangerous, extremely dangerous, poor lack of visibility, um, lots of cars moving really fast. Um, I know it's under repair now. I don't entirely know what's being done because I'm not entirely in the loop, but hopefully um, safety is on its way. Well, yeah, we'll get, uh, I'm not sure if that's even an update on the project. Um, I think it is a little bit later on, but that's been 15, 15 years in the making. So we're really happy to see that intersection go. I'm glad it's on your wish list. Oh, well, yeah. Very good. Welcome. And we are so pleased to have you uh, join us and look forward to, uh, to, to getting to know you better as, as we, uh, as we meet every Monday, every third Monday of the month. Um, and that is item number five. If there's any public comments, please raise your hand. Okay. And we will continue moving on if that's okay with the other members. Um, discussion items. So 6A is Nevada Street uh, striping or traffic calming, I think is uh, this project. We have David uh, Parisi here. David, are you around? I'm around. Hey, David. <laughs> Hello. <clears throat> you know, fly on the wall. <laughs> you're right. Very good. I think uh, you're the you're the lead on this one um, uh, with uh, Andrew. Um, is that correct? Um, I've been asked to attend the meeting tonight. So oh, Andrew's here. Yes, also. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Andrew, what uh, what's the plan here with uh, with this uh, first presentation here? I think it's to go over your discussion at the planning commission and um, also I know the proposed alternative that, mm -hmm. right. that came up for with a sidewalk buffer. Very good. Yeah. And David, do you have a presentation at all today or is it, uh, do we just go right into the planning uh, meeting? No, we go right into the planning meeting. Okay. Got yeah. it. So the, the planning, uh, the planning commission uh, was presented um, from Kevin and David and they were, they were kind enough to, uh, to uh, allow me to participate heavily. And, uh, and essentially that was just a study, right? It was um, not a, uh, um, any kind of deciding uh, factor, but um, just to get some feedback on, on if, if such a project would be possible in the current, um, in, in the current proposal. And so I asked everybody to uh, watch the video, and I think I re highly recommend it. Um, and if you haven't, uh, you know, please do so afterwards. Um, it'd be really valuable. David, maybe you'd like to add some color? Uh, sure. It was a, I think it was a working session, right? So it was, there was no action that was taken. It was just to get, uh, in, you know, to present uh, the idea, get feedback for or, uh, how to do, you know, how to engage the community. I think Janelle's input really helped. Uh, Aaron and Karen, you guys were out in the field talking to community members, uh, running ideas by them. Uh, there was no action, uh, as I recall. I, I think they they were interestingly and surprisingly to me uh, receptive and understood the uh, idea and the need for for the project. I didn't really see any opposition. So um, I think they were they were thankful to be included, uh, but they also realized uh, they were there to provide advice. Is there yeah. anything else, Aaron or Kieran, you guys wanted to recall? That was kind of my takeaway. I was just gonna add that we, I think, I mean, we've gotten a lot of 
useful public comment along the way, but we had a lot of public comment. Mm -hmm. So we had feedback from the Planning Commission. Uh, just the additional public commentary was helpful. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of, we heard a lot of concerns over loss of parking. Um, also heard, you know, with our 100% consistency, just that there is a lot of high speeds there. People do want to see the traffic comments. So it felt like, you know, I don't want to overstate it, but like a lot of consensus of we'd love to see something done around the speeds, uh, slowing things down, having it feel safer, being able to get out of driveways or um, whatever element of safety people were looking for. Uh, and then with that, a lot of concern around the parking. Yeah. yeah, I guess I would say one um, interesting point I heard from the public commentary was a little bit of a disconnect between traffic calming and the bikeway without recognition that they both came together and that the bikeway, the traffic calming came first as part of the project. And then we were able to fit in a bikeway one way or the other. So um, certainly the BPAC uh, recognized the need for traffic calming and slowing speeds down and taking cars away from the tight inside curves and increasing sight lines, uh, which has always been part of the project. So I think, you know, moving forward, I think it's gonna be important to um, really uh discuss and 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 share with folks hey a lot of this project is traffic calming yeah i i think that that's um that's kind of been the shame once the once the cycle track came in and to discussion then it became the volume and it was the primary thing because that has the controversy i don't think the other items that were designed originally and as part of the the scope of the project ever, you know, uh, has brings that much controversy. Although there is some parking that would be removed, it's the those, the parking that is at the corners, and it's not a high yeah. volume. And so I don't think that that's right. been controversial. But it is certainly, uh, a, you know, a huge uh, and you know very important part of the project, and something that that I think. And now that we're looking towards the summer, we really got to get this get this done. You know, it's been it's been talked about a lot, and that's one of the questions I have. Is, you know, uh, obviously Kevin's not here tonight, but going forward, how do we get this uh, paint on the on the road? Uh, do we even have the money for that, or have we spent it all? And I realize we may not be able to have that answer tonight, but those are some of the concerns that I have um, now that we're at this stage of the game. If we were to go, if we were to continue going down the current path, are we going to have to remove parking? We're going to have to go in front of city council. If we were to stop the effort to remove parking, we could actually potentially implement some of these changes without um, without city council approval. And uh, yeah, so with that in mind, there was, uh, David, uh, did you get a chance to look at the proposal of the sidewalk buffer uh, uh, view that, 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 I, that I came up with? Yes, I, I took a I took a look at it. I haven't had a chance to talk with Andrew or Kevin uh, about it, city representatives. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, would you be uh, comfortable talking about it now, or should we should we table that for a future uh, meeting? Well, maybe uh, Aaron, it's your idea. You're in Kieran, so take the credit for it, <laughs> and maybe feel free if folks haven't seen it to you know share uh, with everybody your idea, your concept. Um, okay, let me see if I can do that here. Um, the well, the mostly I just I am not going to go over a whole lot of it today. Um, the the video is out there, but the idea is um, I, I can share my screen real quick and see if I can get that going. Here we go. 
Um, you guys can see my screen okay? Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, the idea is that to keep the, the, the students on the north side of the street and to, um, to actually achieve the, um, the narrowing of the street, well, one of the, one of the things that we found that everybody likes, <laughs> everybody, is this view right here. And that's, that's the key of, of, I think, what we're talking about. And, but we don't have the money for this. And I think that's one of the hard parts that everybody's uh, understanding. We only have $50,000 and we've learned uh, that that is you know, a limited amount of money. And I think that that's, I just wanna say how, how much I appreciate David Parisi, uh, you identifying that in the early phases when I was coming in there going, hey, where's my bike path? So uh, I, I remain um, uh, continuing to learn as I as I uh, continue this crusade. Um, but the the bike path here would be would be ideal, um, and it would actually still allow parking uh, because of the the width that that remain. And that uh, I guess the question uh, is: ten feet enough for a uh, multi-use path like that? Or I mean, it certainly would be big enough for a sidewalk. And the students could just ride on a 10-foot sidewalk instead of a five-foot sidewalk. So whether it's an actual multi-use path or just a 10-foot wide sidewalk, it would be something that we could actually have there. The advantage of this is that uh, it, we don't have the money. So what we could do is just paint the lines to be exactly as if we did move the curb out. And we could just then have a buffer. And that buffer would technically not be used. It would not be a bikeway. It would just be there until we get the money to move the curb out and then get the raised uh, sidewalk and, and that kind of thing. And that's one of the compromises that I, I thought might be worth offering because one of the things that I, there several things that we don't like about the, the current project, one of those being it's a pilot and we need to remove it or that, um, that the parking what will be outlawed, you know, there'll, there'll be this bikeway that's not used all summer long, for example, it's used once or twice an hour. That's the approximation, I think, that Karen and I just observed casually one day. And so uh, that's, that's the idea we have. And that's, that's, uh, you know, I don't know if this is possible, but I did find that that at least street mix actually had a, a buffer <laughs> concept, and they allowed me to, to visualize it as it is. And so, um, you know, just by paint, we could potentially actually get the lanes that we want uh, for the long term, for the lane calming, or for the uh, for for the um, for the for the street calming. Um, and then also, I do have a belief uh, that that it's worth mentioning that the that the parked cars do add as a speed reduction mechanism. That that actually having cars there versus the, just the wide open path, even though it's just the paint itself might not um, kind of inhibit some faster speeds a, a bit. And that's something that I got from Dacto as well. So that's that's what I wanted to share um, with that today. And, and the, the video is also 10 minutes long. And David, is that is that uh, is that sound uh, from your from your perspective? Is that sound uh, a sound argument, I guess, as far as taking that approach? Sure, sure. I want to chat with uh, Kevin when he's back about a couple of things to see if his intent for the wider sidewalk was to move it into the street or back behind the street mm. uh, a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you move it into the street, kind of like you're showing on your uh, graphic, the center line of the street would actually shift to the south. Mm -hmm. All right. 
And I know one complaint we heard from neighbors is the uh, eastbound traffic coming down that hill and around the curve. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to get in and out of driveways and the sight lines. And so that would actually be moving the traffic closer to their houses and probably with some more sight obstructions. Mm -hmm. So to make that work, we'd have to see if uh, some additional parking would have to be sacrificed. It may be better uh, in the long run to widen to the back of the walk. Okay, so you could get keep the keep the center line close to where it is. You know, the concept that we sketched out has a buffer, um, like a two or three foot buffer from the existing parking on the south side of the street mm -hmm. to push the cars away from the houses more, keep a skinny lane, reduce speeds, but you know, improve sight lines. So those are the things I, I think I want to chat with the with the BBW about. Yeah, definitely. Like, and pretty, I do pretty recall, creative. Yeah, I do recall the um the the neighbors uh, explaining that as well it is yeah. it is yeah it is it's a tough it is a tough area there with the speeds and the curve that's coming down yep. from from the hill and um and all that um but i am convinced with that you know that the lanes seem very wide to people because there's a center line so you have your own lane that's great you feel safe in it but they're so wide it's like 13 or 14 feet wide to the park cars right so i think narrowing them would certainly help reduce the average speeds by a few miles an hour yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, and the, there's a, a graphic in there that, that shows exactly that from a scientific standpoint that they've yeah. proven that to be the case. So that's the, uh, that's the skinny of it. Um, well, the other skinny is this is, this is a tricky street. We gotta be, we gotta be honest, you know, we're trying a lots of different things. It just, we just need a few more feet <laughs> between the curbs and it's just yeah. not there, right. To do everything we want to do. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. We uh, also an update. We just had. Uh, I just was at the school today. Uh, saw Regan at, at the school. He was biking to Willow Creek Academy, and I was there visiting because there was uh, there was a call out of the the feeling from the, the principal that the yeah. that the that the area and Nevada Street and Buchanan and, and everything is un feeling unsafe. It's just it's also schools back. Um, the crossing guards aren't there right now. So there's, there's also, you know, it's just another reminder that, that this is an important thing. And, and also reminded me the urgency of like, okay, school's actually coming back again. Let's, let's get this implemented at least as first phase um, because the, the grant came from a, um, a safe routes a couple of years ago, really already. So. Aaron, were you going to take public or public comment and then go into discussion or how do you want to proceed on this one? Uh, what's, what's your, what's your thoughts? Sure. Uh, I think if people have quite like technical questions on either planning commission or proposal, we'll give you the time for it. Questions and take public comment and then move to discussion. Okay. Let's take public comment and then we'll uh, follow up with, uh, with a discussion after the public comment. Sounds good. Uh, I see Kevin Carroll, you have your hand up and I'm unmuting you. And just one thing to remind in case people aren't aware of it, I think Kevin McGowan's not here because he's hiding from all the people complaining about trying to get out of town in the afternoon with the one lane going on Bridgeway. But also just on this project to keep in mind, I know there's a lot more traffic on Nevada Street as people quote in the know end quote are using it to avoid the congestion getting out of uh, that last block of Bridgeway. So it might change some of the neighbors opinion. It makes it tougher on anybody on that street in the afternoons in particular and in the mornings on the weekends. It's 
a lot of people using Nevada Street right now more than usual. That is some great insight as always, Kevin. Thank you for sharing that. Our, our eyes on the ground. I, um, I see uh, Tammy Anderson. Yes, hi. Hi, Tammy. Um, hi, I live on Nevada Street and I am a cyclist as well. Um, and I just wanna say, I appreciate the complexity of the issue. Um, and that I appreciate, Aaron, what you brought up as a solve that something that can keep the kids safer, but also be mindful of what the neighbors and community might experience as an impact of this. So I know that there's, you know, there can be faster traffic on Nevada Street, but also we've got traffic issues all around. And I think, you know, one of the biggest issues we have on this street is the need for a second crosswalk. Quite honestly, um, and I worry about neighbors losing parking and having to park across the street, walk all the way down to the end across the crosswalk and or across in the middle of traffic and be in a bad situation. So I just appreciate the creativity. I think everybody has good intentions, but thinking holistically about the solve is really important. So I just want to, you know, thank you for that effort and thank everyone for their efforts for this. Thank you, Tammy. Really appreciate it. And uh, uh, that crosswalk was my introduction to uh, Public Works, actually, um, Mr. Goldman. <laughs> that was my first email. I was like, where's the crosswalk? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been a long educational process for me on, on uh, figuring this stuff out. Um, is there there's any other hands? Okay, uh, so uh, discussion here within the, the panel? Karen? Okay, we got David. I think Seed. I saw Marjorie and uh, maybe David. We're going to start. So I just, one, yeah, one technical thing to think for the city to think about when we're talking about adding a buffered lane here or a void space. And, you know, we have coming up the bridgeway and possibly having a protected lane there is um, the city is going to need to figure out how to maintain that space. We don't current. I don't think we currently have in our arsenal of of, of street cleaning devices a a um, a way to clean a narrow lane right now in our city. So that's just a, another item to put on the on the city's list of things to think about. Good insight. Thank you. Oh, I see Regan's hand politely up. Oh, sorry, Marjorie's next on the on the list. Sorry. <laughs> Right. Um, I watched your presentation, Aaron, and I've got to say it was, I loved seeing Aaron and uh, Kieran's presentation about solving it initially by putting the buffer zone in. And uh, one thing about that is moving, moving the cars further away from the sidewalk, as well as narrowing the lanes. And I think that the, from what I was hearing in the planning commission, a lot of the owners and residents along that street feel that the street has been unloved and hasn't been maintained in terms of signage and paint on the street. And I think the sooner that some lane markings can go in, the better. I think absolutely agree that extended sidewalk to enable cycling and safety for the school route is the priority. But without the money, I love the idea of that buffer zone and doing that first. 
and interestingly, I mentioned it uh, to my husband, and he said, but they do that in New York. <laughs> so they, they do it somewhere else. So <laughs> it's kind of, uh, not recreating the wheel. Um, in terms of parking, uh, um, David just mentioned about street cleaning. Certain areas uh, that I've lived in, you're not allowed to park in certain streets, certain days, so that the street sweeper can go down and clean that area. So it's just handled with notices for the people who use, use that parking. So it's a practical solution for it. But I think it's fabulous and I very much hope it's gonna go through very quickly and thank you. Thank you, Marjorie. Uh, Regan. Thank you, um, Marjorie, you, you hit on some of the comments I was gonna make about the street conditions. One of, one of the street conditions that I would call out is actually the condition of the pavement. It's really quite, um, a lot like rubble in some areas. I, I do ride over it with the kids in the morning and we are out in traffic. It's kind of a shared road rather than any kind of protected uh, pathway. And so we're out among traffic and to avoid potholes, we're weaving in and out. And that that um, concerns me greatly. And I, I think in the long run, we do have to advocate for improving not just the paint and the signage, but also the street itself, the pavement. But I would reiterate what you say about paint and signage. I don't think there's really a lot of good indication that this is a school zone. If, if there's any, I haven't really noticed it, and I apologize for that, but there could be more. Um, the yellow paint on tamales has worn off to the point where it's it's not an effective indicator that this is a school zone um, there's no stop sign there to protect the students um, crossing and um, so those are my my points about the physical conditions i i do have some questions about the actual um, proposal that you made aaron i think it's a terrific idea to to do what we can, it's very resourceful, do what we can with what we have. Um, I am wondering about the, the details though of having the buffer on the right side where the cyclist would be expected to ride. I think we would need to see- uh, To be clear, uh, the, to be clear, the cyclist would not be expected to ride. Ah, right. It's not a bikeway, yeah. No, it's, it's, just, it's just dead space. and. And so now the, the bikers would ride on, on the Sherrill or on the sidewalk, like they do now. Okay. That's the choice. And that's, that's what we're giving up uh, until we can get a 10-foot wide pathway that they could be expected and, 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 and we could expect them to ride on if uh, that is the case. So. If some diagrams could be produced showing um, from an aerial view, what that buffer would look like. I think that would be terrific because the devil is often in the details. Um, so that's that's my second to the last comment. And, and the last is the one that we discussed this morning, and that is the opportunity to educate about the traffic calming event, uh, effect of narrowing lanes. I think that's come up now a couple of times in this discussion. What I, I suspect um, the, is the case is that that's kind of for those in the know in transportation, that that's a, uh, an accepted um, effect. But a lot of the feedback we've gotten from the public is that that that's not um, 
that that is counter to intuition it, that um, that it would have a dangerous uh, effect on the passage of motorists and, and cyclists so I think that's an education opportunity for us is to to promote that idea that narrowing lanes actually uh, makes them safer and so if if we do all agree on that, uh, we should probably review the evidence separately to, um, to our own satisfaction. But if we do agree on that, I think it's something that we should um, really promote and, and make clear in multiple uh, fora for that. I think that's great. I think Kieran's got a great video to share that, that is just wonderful at, at uh, visualizing that. So maybe um, Kieran, you could send that out to PBAC and. I think what I'm hearing is we need a bit of an education uh, effort, uh, just maybe for this Nevada Street project, and that'll help uh, help everyone. Because yeah, I mean, I didn't know that until I did, right? Until I started, uh, you know, ended up on NACTO and started reading this stuff. So why would uh, why would the common person um, know that? Or and, and it's kind of counterintuitive. So I think that's a great thing to add. Thank you, Reed. Um, Warren, you're up. Yeah, just to follow up on Regan's point, I just want to like kind of add a little, maybe just um, not nuance that, but just kind of explain that a little bit more in a way that might people might understand it who don't know it already. Like a narrower lane is not safer at the same speed, but it does make you slow down. You know, if you're driving on a 14 foot lane, that feels like a freeway. That feels like something you can kind of like open up on. Whereas if you're driving on a narrower, older street, that's 10 feet wide, you're going to slow down. And what we do know is that crashes at lower speeds are always going to be less damaging than crashes at higher speeds. For one thing, it's easier to avoid them. Your stopping distance at 20 miles an hour is, I don't know, I don't have the figures off the top of my head, but it's, it's much shorter than your stopping distance at, at even 30. And a crash that does happen at 20 is going to be much less severe than one at 30. And so that's that's the key linkage there between those narrow lanes. It's kind of a two-step process to, to making the street safer. But I totally agree, Regan. I just wanted to, to fill that out a little bit. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Warren. I can't, I can't find the raise hand today. It's disappeared for me. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this alternate plan. I love I feel like for sure we need the pros to look at it. So Parisi, city engineers, like, please dig in. Um, hopefully you don't find any deal killers in it. But it just feels, you know, it feels like it's the wild west out there today in terms of signage, road quality, speed uh, from the lack of markings uh, for a really heavily used piece of road, right? Both for the schools, people getting the freeway, the amount of people that live in that part of town. Like, it feels like it's not fair for residents, for school kids. Like we're kind of we're like leading people in a pretty dangerous and uncomfortable place. Um, and I'm feeling the sense of urgency similar to you, Aaron, of summertime. You know how long it can actually take? Summertime's coming up. That's the window of opportunity um and what like what can we do and i think we saw that there's a lot of pushback because of the parking for the current plan um just getting on city council agenda is a huge challenge these days um it's packed and so if we had an alternate and i hope potentially this one an alternate plan that removes 95 percent of the the criticism it's still a complicated project but there's a lot more commonality than there is division. We're getting those positives. I'd love to you know, do a fast follow to see if we can make this work and if we can get the ball rolling here. So 
Um, and great point on education. I think that regardless of what direction we go in, that's a part of the plan. I mean, I follow a lot of the discussion on Nextdoor and elsewhere, and you know, a lot of commentary is the same place I was pre being on PBAC of like, oh, put in a speed bump or lower the speed limit. And like, we know it's like all of the kind of um, either science uh, or practicalities or laws that make some of those changes a challenge, but I think we do know what can work. And a lot of that is in kind of the current traffic calming and we can apply to this ultimate plan. So I'd love to see that work out. Um, could call out on the, the sweeping. I think midday, if you're out there midday during the week, oftentimes like that road is fully clear on the right-hand side, on the westbound side, you could sweep the whole thing, no problem. If not, you may have to jog around a, a car or two. I think it'd be like overnight or early mornings when the residents are still parked there, that it would be harder. So I, I feel like it's a good detail, but things like that, we can for sure work around. And thank you, Karen. That's wonderful. Uh, Sandra. Uh, yeah, I like this idea very much. Um, I uh, completely agree with the comment that it's very difficult to know that there's a school. The signage is really missing. Um, just having biked around that area and also um, just looking at it on Google Maps, it's very difficult to find a school, to find the schools. Um, another option that I'm presenting as, a, I mean, perhaps it's too late for design options now, but um, something else to consider is a bicycle boulevard. Um, maybe the speeds, maybe that was deemed inappropriate because of the speeds. Maybe the speeds are just too fast in that area and you didn't consider that option, but that's definitely a, another option, really low cost um, and also implementable rather quickly. Yeah, uh, David, if, if you wanted to speak. Yeah, to yeah, just, I was just looking on Google Maps and I think one issue with there's there's actually a school sign on each block. The problem is none of them are placed in an area with daylighting. So it's really easy for a van or something to be parked in front of the sign and then no one sees any of the school zone signs. So I think that's just something if we're looking at redoing the signage and the daylighting that that just needs attention. Yeah, no, uh, very, very good point. And, um, and that was actually, you know, the one time I did look at down that street and said, Oh, wow, there's a school down there is when we saw the cycle track <laughs> that that is being presented as, as our primary option right now. So um, it, it does, that does speak it, but, but um, the, uh, there's other opportunities to, to continue. Um, Susan, please. Um, well, first, I have a maybe an ignorant question, but um, I don't know what a bicycle boulevard is compared to a lane or a, um, you know, any of the class of bikes. So that sounds like a great thing. And I don't know if Sandra or David or anybody could explain that to me. Well, I brought it up, so. <laughs> um... It's essentially, I mean, there's various different elements to it, but the one that you automatically see off the bat is a huge stamp of a bicycle, of a cyclist. So the Shero aspect, but just huge. Um, 
and you see it more frequently and there's other elements to it um there's like triangle it looks like triangles on the ground at some point to slow down the speed at certain areas um almost like yield style um but it's it's in in theory it doesn't have all the separate lanes for parking so parking remains as is it's the 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 street as it is um now except with essentially much bigger stamps of a, a cyclist, a bicyclist, cyclist on the road. Um, it's just a so that's one option. And like, you could see that in Berkeley, for example, they have an entire network of those type of very low cost um, bike designated corridors. Okay, great. So it's just using the street area with more on the pavement signage. Like a Shero, but augmented. Like a giant Shero. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Great. So, and then I see a whole bunch of other hands up, but, um, you know, I just want to thank you guys for all your work on this. And I share your urgency to get something to the council um, soon. I like the element. I have to apologize. I did not do my homework. Um, I got sidetracked today, but um, I, I like, there's a lot of advantages of a proposal that, um, takes most of the parking removal off the table at this point, just in terms of speed and kind of political pathway. <laughs> I mean, may not be the best solution in long term, but if we're trying to get something done by the time that school starts next year, um, you know, I think that's um, a much, uh, you know, that'll make a smoother, a smoother ride at this point. So if we can, can find a good compromise that slows the speeds and, um, doesn't remove as much parking. It sounds like we still need parking removal for sight lines and, and other aspects, but uh, you know, that, that sounds great. And I will watch everything after this meeting. And so I'm sorry about that. Susan, you get a pass on, on homework. You, you have, you have too much homework. This is, you know, <laughs> you, you're okay. David Preci, I'd love to hear from you. Hey, real quick. Um, the, pro, the, the plan, no matter what happens, will replace the signing and relocate school area signs because a lot of the signs have lost their retro reflectivity. Uh, so that will definitely be part of the project, not just the school area signs, the speed limit signs, but you know, all the markings too would be enhanced. Uh, and real quick on the bike boulevard, so there's different levels of bike boulevards. There can be ones where you have the big giant, you know, show the road and bike, bike stencils, uh, but you can go all the way to the extremes where you're adding traffic circles and or chicanes or diverters, uh, raised intersections. Uh, you know, Berkeley, uh, as Sandra mentioned, has done all those things. So the intent is to make it a shared street, to not encourage high, to discourage high speeds for traffic, uh, encourage common speeds for all users uh, along along the uh, the road. So, um, but the more significant one, if, I think on Nevada, if we were to do a bike boulevard, it'd have to be pretty substantial as far as some of the interventions, uh, just because of the speeds on the street and the traffic volumes. That Warren's gonna add to that. He's an expert on this stuff. David covered everything I had already. Just like my experience in biking in Berkeley, of which I'm a resident is, I mean, the key thing for a bike boulevard is, is diversion and just like we're what's called volume management, like stopping, kind of keeping cars off that street. And given that um, Nevada is kind of the way down from, from the hill there, I think that that makes that a better case for separated treatment as opposed to shared treatment with with like um, 
with like volume um, or speed management. So just actually that everything David said that I agree with. I just, you know, I want to come in, um, you know, from my advocate side here and just just point out that I obviously like parking is going to be a concern, you know, everywhere at all times, um, you know, but but just also point out that this particular block on the north side is is a spot with just, you know, two fronting residential uses, I believe both of which have off street parking. So I just I do want to kind of like, again, I understand that there, there's, you know, the interest in getting this done quickly rather than perfect and there will always be political trade-offs but but just to kind of think about like if we can't remove parking in a place where there isn't any fronting residential like where can we remove parking so i'll leave it at that but just to keep keep that in mind and i think that's that's very uh thank you for bringing that up warren and and, and as a as a follow-up what about uh the using parked cars as a uh traffic a speed reduction mechanism is, is that a real thing? You know, so it, it, by not having parked cars on the side, then does it become a wide street again and people just gun it? You know, that's the question. Was that a question for me or just for the room? Yeah, 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 yeah. If, is that, is, you know, I read that on NACTO. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's where I got. So is that real and, and is that legitimate, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's something that, that Oakland, so Oakland, um, on Telegraph Avenue between uh, uh, Grand and um, 29th in 2017 or 2016, did what's called a road diet, what a two and you know two and two lane, two lanes northbound, two lanes southbound, and made it one lane each way with a center turn lane and parking protected bike lanes. Um, so it effectively you know narrowed you know narrowed the the space between the parked cars. Um, so added protected area for bikers, which reduced biking um, injuries on the street significantly. It reduced traffic speeds because drivers were faced with a less wide open, you know, kind of like runway to, to go down the hill there. And importantly, it shortened crossing distances for pedestrians and increased uh, the rates of yield significantly because pedestrians only had to make that 30 foot crossing, you know, north side and south lane, middle lane, as opposed to the 50 foot crossing of, of the two lanes. So. So that that's kind of tried and true, and you can see the experience right here in Oakland. Wow, what a great discussion! I think uh, there's no action we can take uh, today. Uh, hopefully, Kevin will 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 benefit from watching this. Um, Andrew, if uh, if if you don't have anything to add, because um, we'd love to hear from you if you do. No, I, I don't have anything. Okay, all right. Thank you very much. Let's then, uh, we took our public comments, so let's move on to our next item. Um, as the, the, the uh, we've got um, the Cal Caledonia, Caledonia Street. And David uh, Puisi, I believe, is this, do you have a presentation for us today on this one? Uh, Aaron, yeah. no, we don't have, we don't have a presentation, so I don't know what the topic is. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, do you do you know what the Caledonia Street discussion is? Well, I think it was a follow up on your discussion from your last meeting in March, and some of the issues that you had brought up. Um, I hate to say it, but no, I haven't been involved with that. I know through that discussion there was concerns about 
one-way traffic and how bicycles would go counter direction, making sure that there would be access for some folks who need that for their vehicles, uh, maintaining parking um, in the area. But no, I don't have anything associated with that item that's new. So Okay. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I certainly uh, don't have yeah, anything. Aaron, I my takeaway from this one was Councilmember Cleveland Knowles had a pretty specific ask to city staff just to understand what is the big picture plan mm -hmm. for Caledonia beyond kind of the emergency COVID elements. So I'd say we don't have anything. My suggestion is just revisit it next time. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's I do recall that in the email. I was just about to look it up to be like to make sure that I was associating it but yeah i agree uh, that was it and so since uh we don't have um staff's uh, presentation or uh then then i think we can just um table this one and i don't think there's a need for public comment since uh, there wasn't uh, much hey aaron is it or karen is it or actually uh council member cleveland knowles is it possible to um just kind of bring up what the uh request was for i never saw requests so i just so we can be prepared next time. Yeah, so I think um, if I remember correctly, basically Kevin brought just sort of the old drawings that you had okay. started to look at, uh, you know, quite a while ago, but without sort of any evolution of that. Um, and I'm very concerned that, um, you know, the COVID emergency use authorization that we have for Caledonia Street right now for the closures um, is set to expire, um, you know, with the, or may expire with the, um, as the shelter in place order, um, you know, is either terminates or expires. I mean, I'm happy that we are seeing that light at the end of the tunnel, but um, I also feel like we need to start the discussion of what we've learned um, during the emergency, how the street is working or not working, and kind of what we see as the next step um, for Caledonia Street. Um, and if we don't really start those discussions now, um, we might see kind of a gap um, in the ability of folks to use that street as they've really kind of started to enjoy. Um, so I think that was my concern. Um, I think we started off on some really great discussions um, when we decided to just close the one block, kind of, of all the other daylighting and um, parking issues, um, but that that has kind of stalled a little bit with the press of business um, and not really um, advanced as, as far as I could tell. So that was, um, I think I was just hoping to move that discussion forward with this group and then hopefully get to the council. Okay, that, that helps, thank you. Andrew, um, you and I will we'll chat with uh, Kevin and be prepared with an update at the next meeting. Perfect, thank you. Oh, I tried to move us on, but could I ask one question about the current configuration? So, um, and David, I don't know if this is for you or for Andrew, if it's neither, then you can take it, but um, this is both my question, I, I saw it else with you, there's a, um, there's barriers now down the center of the closed block of Caledonia Street, the, the orange barriers, which we did not have last season. And there are some questions of, are those actually necessary um, 
for, for any reason? Um, and is there kind of rationale between why, why those exist? Andrew, that's probably, probably for you. I wish I had a right, the right answer for you. The only thing I can think of is just a better separation between the parking and the fire lane, but I, I don't know other than that. Karen, I, we are also maybe maybe to corral to ensure that the uh, the 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 folks who are using that area with their tables and for dining stay within that area. So that would be other. And we're, and we're also seeing just more um, protective barriers in Southern Marin for a lot of the COVID actions, including in Corte Madera, if you, if you see that, and then um, on Miller Avenue, uh, they've done something pretty intriguing. It's totally Jersey barrier, which is ugly, <laughs> but it's certainly a lot more uh, protective uh, in the meantime. So I think some of the public works departments, a little nervous, particularly uh, with the shorter uh, daylight hours and you know the use of uh, some of these measures. So. I think it, if anything, it probably had to do with just uh, safety and protection in the meantime. It, it, I suspect it might've had to do with Regan's comments at our last meeting about the tables were spilling out to a point where the throughway was kind of obstructed, um, which you know, prevents pedestrians and bicycles, but also is an issue with the fire lane. So perhaps Kevin took those comments and had some action done. Yeah, cool. Well, this was good discussion and, and thank you for uh, clarifying that, Susan. Um, yeah, if there's any public comment on this, uh, raise your hand. If I see none, there we go. Kevin Carroll, I see Kevin Carroll. What, what do you got, Kevin? Let's try again. There we go. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure, but I'm trying to remember because I brought it up a couple of times and that was, I thought this discussion included um seeing about turning the streets between johnson and litho uh in or b street into one-way streets and having either head-in or diagonal parking to try to add parking to the area and uh well a couple things narrow the streets a little bit but add more parking off of uh, caledonia street to see how many spaces could be added by doing that uh, and that would influence what is done with all of Caledonia Street down the road and I don't know if it's something that can be done uh, for free or not and I, I wouldn't assume not but it, um, you know if that was part of the discussion was to I, I'm remembering this I'm not sure if it was from that meeting or not um, but to see that as a possibility because Every time I am at these meetings, we hear about people complaining about parking being taken away. And I think by doing head in or diagonal parking on those streets, it would add parking to the area. And that would be interesting to see what people complain about then. Very cool. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Any other hands? Um, public comment? Okay. Well, if uh, seeing nothing else on this topic, then I think we can move on to the next item, which we will skip as well. 6C, that was Jessica Penrod. We've been uh, working on some statistics on uh, the SWERDS 
stuff, and we'll uh, we'll hear from her um, next meeting. Uh, it was going to be just a very brief introduction anyway, as we prepare for uh, getting these stats and using them. So uh, let's go to item number seven. Um, and this, uh, the project updates, we're going to go through all of the project updates. Hopefully Andrew has a, a presentation for us. And then at the end, we can take public comment after we hear uh, from all of them. And not just public comment, but then also our committee discussion in the interest of time. So, Andrew. Sure. So we'll start with 7A, which has to do with the Bridgeway Class 2 bike lanes and the grant application. Your last meeting, you had... Um, a guest from the Bay Trail organization. And since then, Kevin has submitted a grant application uh, for design effort. The grants and ask for about four fifty thousand dollars with the total cost of design estimated at $60,000. He hasn't heard back from the Bay Trails, but he feels that they are at least positive about the project. Um, the grant indicates that the design process would occur towards the end of, or during the end of the summer and early fall. Uh, as far as the total project cost, which I think was discussed at your last meeting about actually repairing a good chunk of Bridgeway um, and the sub-base failure, the estimate is about $600,000. That would include the design effort, so roughly 10% in there. And of course, as a reminder, that creates a class four a uh, bikeway along the water side of Broadway heading north, and then a class two on the outboard side of the parking heading south on that section of Bridgeway, which is between Princess and Richardson. So we haven't heard back, but the grant application is in. So that's a good start. For the gate six intersection, so as you know, that had been delayed. We were waiting for some uh, approvals from Caltrans that occurred. Notice to proceed was issued uh, for the week, I think of March 29th and Gelati Construction Company moved in pretty quick. They've done the demolition on the three corners, the Mike's bike corner, uh, the corner across uh, gate six and then across Bridgeway on the sort of the south uh, westerly side. So they've gone through, done the demolition. They're actually, they've been, since then, they've been working on the uh, curb ramps for accessibility. And they, my understanding is they will be pouring concrete this week. Um, as you all know, they had to place the barriers and essentially we lost a lane going out of town uh, northbound and then coming into town from underneath the Waldo undercrossing. Um, taking a right and heading southbound on Bridgeway, both lanes were lost in both those locations. Once the concrete is poured and then the asphalt plug paving is in, uh, the expectation is that those barriers will come out for a time. The, the next step, once those are taken care of, once the, the concrete is poured and the asphalt plug paving is in, we're actually now waiting for some poles to come in they're very long lead time. I don't think they're expected until either the end of May or sometime in June. Once they come in, they're related to signage and electrical uh, crossing for the bikes. As, as you may remember, it's a diagonal 
project to allow bicycles from the Sausalito Mill Valley path heading south to cross over to the south side of Bridgeway diagonally across that intersection. So it, it, it will be a big benefit to those folks. Um, it'll close the traffic lanes and allow bikes of, uh, 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 through um, without any vehicles going through, hopefully. Uh, so that whole project is expected currently to end sort of the, at the end of July. I think the date's July 21. That, that may float, but that's what we're looking at to complete the project. There will be some additional night work. That intersection is going to be ground down um, and new asphalt will be placed as well. That will take place. Um, I think it'll just be one night, but I, I won't promise that. That's the goal right now is that it's a single night. Um, that'll get done. And then the idea is that all the electrical work will be taken care of. The traffic loops will be taken care of uh, video and that there will be one day where this magical switch will be thrown and it will be active and people will be able to use that. So hopefully that is going to occur before August. The other project I was going to update you on are the North Street steps, which I know have been sort of a, a pain. Uh, those steps originally were shut in March, I believe, of 2019, a separate event from the from the big big mud flow event we had. Um, we cleaned those steps off. Lost we lost a handrail uh, that needs to go back in. And unfortunately, unfortunately, one of the reasons it's taken so long is that there's a property above those steps that has been in construction, and we didn't want to open the steps up and then have debris come down from that project. So those folks uh, are essentially done with disturbing the slope above the steps. So the city's project, which is out to bid right now, bids open, I believe on the 5th of May. The city's project will be to clear the steps off, remove some of the debris that, well, the debris that came down into Tiffany Park. And really most importantly is to remove the, uh, the, sloughing, the sloughing material that are, is above the steps um, that's in the city right away, we need to clear that off to make those steps clear. The project isn't expected to take too long. I, I believe it's a 28 day calendar window to do the work. Um, following the removal of the soil and, and cleaning it up, we need to put the handrail back in. That's gonna be a different contractor who we hope, we have an estimate from that contractor and we hope to get them sort of started as our debris or soil removal project gets started as well so that they can get in there, get all the measurements. It's a welding, it's a welding project, get all the measurements and start fabricating so that we can get the handrails in as quickly as possible after uh, the dirt is removed and the soil above the stairs has been stable, is stable. So there won't be any loose dirt up there. So that's, that's our goal. Um, it did take a while, but I think I outlined this, the reasons so those were the three projects for me to update you on. There's another project, which is item 7D. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's got uh, Kieran and myself uh, identified. And, and that's just simply to to say that the uh, city council um, has had a, uh, made a, a big decision to, um, to fund an ultimate decision, uh, ultimate vision of, uh, the ferry uh, land side to um, to uh, 
essentially look at uh, making the parking lot into a civic space with the potential of that, which would really greatly affect our um, our uh, ability to to uh, design the pedestrian and bicycle access because that's currently limited by um, ordinance 1128. And so that's uh, that's that was a that was a big vote and. Uh, Thank you to our city council for that. Karen, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I would just say this is one that's actually been on the PVAC radar screen for quite a while. And some of the discussions that we've had on congestion points, what we'd like to see, I felt like that's actually been heard um, and got even called out in the city department in the presentation. So I think, you know, thank you to city staff, Councilmember Cleveland Knowles and, and um, the full team here of just providing input because, like, both for whatever's coming in the interim as well as the long term vision, there's still a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of things we have to work through to see really what's possible of, of getting into the details now. But the input that's been provided really is, I think, being useful. It's being heard, and so yeah, thanks to everyone for that. I think there's still there's still a lot to come here to see where we can get, but. This is the necessary big, big first step in that process. I'm excited. Um, and then, if uh, if anyone has any 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 questions uh, or comments regarding the um, the other projects discussed or, or the ferry land side, that would be a great time. Raise your hand if you have anything. Um, Andrew, I was going to ask, is there anything that we can do to help uh, with the flow through the the, um, the Gate 6 project, you know, with, uh, you know, advocacy, is there, is it MCBC potentially sending another email out, if, if that kind of thing, if, if there's anything uh, that the bicyclists could have a message or anything? In terms of reducing traffic during construction, is that what you mean? Oh no, just uh, just if there's just uh, just if there's a messaging, you know, that could be an advantage, even just uh, to help improve if there's uh, issues with the cyclists, for example. Uh, sure, is, it, my understanding there hasn't really been. There's a detour that's in place around the backside of Mike's bikes. Mm -hmm. um, folks will do what they do, but what I'm being told by construction folks isn't generally people are 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 respecting and seeing that it is it's much more congested area and therefore it's more dangerous so people are being a little more cautious there was initially we had some trouble with uh, pedestrians understanding how to get through the area um, but that seems to have been addressed uh, Caltrans has also been out my understanding is a couple times at least to help adjust the timing of the street lights to help improve the traffic flow getting Northbound traffic out um, while this is take while this construction is going on. So, thank you. We have reached out to the uh, Marine County Bicycle Coalition in advance to let them know that it was coming. Um, I think they've been pretty supportive with this project. As I think Aaron, you said, it's been a project that's been a long time in coming, fifteen odd years, more or less. I, I'm not sure, but before I had, I certainly came to the city. Todd Teachout was was desperately involved with trying to make this happen. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's it's a little pain right now. There was always going to be a little pain, uh, and then hopefully the benefit is is, is really spectacular. Cool. Oh, thanks, uh, David Preezy. Yeah, um, I have actually a question and then a recommendation. Andrew, do you know when the 
Gate six is slated to be completed. My understanding is the the actual date on the notice to proceed is July twenty first. Uh, they're not that's held. Who knows? But thereabouts. Okay. It's, it's my understanding that the improvements are going to add a brand new signal phase to the intersection um, for the benefit of cyclists. But there will be a new signal phase, which could have some impact on the sequencing that motorists are used to and potentially delays. So I do think it may it'd be a good idea to reacquaint folks about the purpose of the project. Um, and also that, you know, to, to I don't know, get motorists ready uh, for the change of how the phasing is going to be and to be understanding during fine tuning of the signal timing. So I'm not sure if that's on the radar, but I would recommend that it, it get there. Um, because I do think there's could be some very frustrated motorists initially, or they may not understand the new rules about turning around red. That's not no, not going to be longer allowed, or new phases that pop up out of sequence that they're used to. So that's a good idea, and we'll uh, we'll follow up with some currents articles on yeah. that. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, David Tito. So first, I'll, I'll comment that. Today, the, the phasing did seem better than last week. Um, when I went through before lunch, it was flowing pretty well, just uh, despite the volume. But I will say I did see one group of cyclists miss all the detour signs and end up halfway up the ramp and trying to figure out what to do. I don't know if there's been any additional signage, but there might need to be like a sign at the other end of the intersection that you know, a final sign that kind of like they had to add at the Golden Gate Bridge to tell bicyclists they shouldn't be going on the highway. Um, because once they get down there, it's kind of sketchy getting back. Um, so that's just a suggestion. Sure. May I add that um, with respect to education, there's a nice opportunity we had those uh, electric signs saying uh, during COVID, wear a mask in Sausalito. If we had such signs to entertain those drivers who were uh, inconvenienced by the, uh, the light pattern and waiting to get out of town saying, uh, thank you for your patience. This is to improve traffic flow. That kind of thing would, I think, make a little bit of a difference uh, and would would target just the kind of people who um, are affected. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Um, so, if uh, is there any public comments that are related to any of the project updates anyone like to give? See so none. I see Kieran's hand. So, please, Kieran. Yeah, I was just, I mean, on, on 7 8 through C, I just want to say thank you to the city and David Creasy because there is a lot going on right now. So I just appreciate you guys pushing on all these things. Um, I'm excited for what's to come. So a lot, a lot of good stuff in the works there. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Karen. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's move on to the finale. Uh, almost, uh, you know, on time, which is great. Uh, we, 
we we got lucky and, and lost a lost a big discussion. I think. Um, so, uh, future agenda items. Anybody have uh, some suggestions? I do. We got an email from um, a Sausalito resident who is concerned about the Nevada Bridgeway intersection and what we might do to mitigate the um, the dangers there. And I certainly am uh, aware of some, as we all are, uh, some past events that we would like to prevent in the future. So if we could have a discussion about that, I'd appreciate it. Regan, you said Nevada and Bridgeway. Is Napa and Bridgeway or Nevada? Napa. Thank Napa. You. Okay. Yep. That's the, yeah. You're referring right to that. Yep. Residency. Yeah. No. Definitely. That was. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Two two very uh, important emails and and the discussion on um, the next door is is something that brings it up and we should uh, be visiting that and get that on our agenda to to uh, hopefully get them in to to understand more and. Already do. Um, also, uh, you know, one project we haven't heard about, uh, Andrew, and this is on the spot, but how's the Coloma project coming? Um, and uh, and and then that would that would bring us to the next. Uh, uh, is it time to to get the um, the Coloma uh, safe routes to you know project um, to in discussion that kind of thing? So by Coloma Street project, I think there are two. And I think the first one you're speaking about is the sanitary sewer pump station. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. that's under construction right now, as you can tell. Um, uh, that's being run by the Sausalito Marin City Sanitary District. And I'm understanding that it's going along OK. okay. Um, there have been some hiccups, but that's to be expected. Um, I don't have a final schedule. I think the big in, one of the big impacts that will will occur during that construction is the closure of Coloma for a period of time while underground facilities are, are being installed, new new manholes and sanitary sewer pipes and, and whatever, else has, whatever else has to go underground there. Um, but my understanding is that won't happen until at least October. So there's some time the school will be back in. Mm -hmm. And when Columbus is when Coloma is closed, then access to MLK, the Lycée Français, uh, they will have a, a detour route that will take Nevada, mm. um, and I'm not sure maybe Tamales and then Butte and then Alima, one direction, and then something back out to Nevada, um, but on Lincoln um, or just an alternative way. So it's sort of a circular flow. Um, so that that will be you know that'll have an impact especially during the the, the drop off and pick up for the kids yeah. um as far as the coloma street to school project uh that was the other project that the city received money for along with the nevada street the nevada street was a small project at fifty thousand, and the coloma street project which is a sidewalk and other improvements i think is on the order i, I don't really recall exactly, but it's either 400 or $450,000. It's a lot of money, but it's a big project. Um, we do, the city does not have that money yet. It's, we're told that we'll get it. Um, and I think it's going to be delivered or available to the city over a couple of, over a couple of years. Um, okay. It so may become available this summer, the first chunk, which we, we would use for design. Okay, great. And what is left over then would be for construction the following 
Well, why don't I just put it on the list and then that way we can uh, just uh, know how, if we should be, you know, uh, getting it on our agenda just because it's, it is a, an important item. Uh, Kieran. Yeah, by our proposed future agenda, which is be on circulation generally, probably specifically within that on the tourist parking. I think there is some expectation that there may be a wave of tourism, tourism activity, local and from from elsewhere as people are getting vaccinated, things open up. We may be the first yellow county, sizable county, um, yeah. starting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I hope, cheers for that, I guess. Smitty's uh, may be open again and, uh, and no names. So that could be big news for us. <laughs> but yeah, in all seriousness, like, um, could be a lot of people coming on bikes and currently we would have no way to handle them. So like, what is the plan for that? Ah, I think that's that's great. That's some great insight. Wow, that's comforting, isn't it? To even think about that as a possibility. Um, anybody else have uh, some future agenda items they'd like to add? David Sudo, how many, how many more uh, meetings you got as a member? Uh, one or two. <laughs> okay, good. I promised I would do the notes next time, so keep me to it, so we can transfer that off. I like I liked your um, your suggestion that it just helps re remember what happened from the previous meeting. I think that's good advice. So I'll take it on. I'll take on the notes. Um, okay. Well, if that's uh, that's it for everybody, I'll I'll, uh, I'll finish uh, this with a little insight I've had. Um, the the gate sits project uh I, when I, when that started going of course i was just happy and and then as a driver heading up north to, to work where i in san rafael i decided why don't i start just uh taking the the uh you know golden gate bridge entrance instead and just going up alexander and it's just like i'm just wondering why i haven't done that the whole time and that living in in uh, old town here it's just you know there's a couple of crosswalks and everything and and by the way i don't know if everybody's noticed but the speed limit is now 20 on uh on second street and it's not 25 like it previously was so they reduced the speed there and uh i've been doing my best to, to drive that speed it's slow but it's appropriate and uh in any case uh, i just was inspired by that I, I do fear when the tourists come back then the congestion to the view it does make the weekends kind of difficult to go there but i think that that's maybe some insight that is worth sharing with everybody. Hey, even if you're heading north, nothing wrong with going south um, to avoid the uh, the congestion there. So something uh, that I that I learned myself. And funny how long you live somewhere, and you know, I think I, uh, I maybe relearned that because I think in the past uh, the amount of tourism has stopped me from heading that direction because you get burned sometimes bad <laughs> waiting in line in any case. Um, hey, everybody, uh, really great having you, great discussions, and uh, really appreciate all that everybody does. Thank you so much, and special thanks to the city, city council and Susan for an awesome uh, last meeting. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks to all you guys, and great to have Andy with us. Fun to see you, and welcome, Sandra. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having us that. Thank you, Andrew. Really, really wonderful. Um, you did great. And actually the detail you gave was, was, uh, more than we've ever gotten. So it really brings insight into what happened. Andrew, I, uh, would love to, we'd love to go for a bike ride around nine, four, nine, six, five with you sometime. So, all right. Cheers guys. Thanks all. Have a nice night. Bye everyone.
Thank you, folks here. Hey, that's just me.